So I'm just going to read from Ephesians 6, verse 17 to 18. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So we've come to the final part, the final bit in our armour. And we've talked a bit already with the kids about helmets and one of them is still displaying their helmet, which you can probably just about see from where you're sitting. Normally you can see Daisy's hair, today you can see her helmet. And I was thinking about helmets, helmets, cycle helmets, horse riders wear helmets, motorcyclists wear helmets. I could put that on, but it would spoil my hair. So I'm not going to put a helmet on, I considered it. The police wear a hard hat, don't they, when they're in their riot uniform, they've got a hard hat on their head. Builders, when they really should wear a hard hat when they're on building sites. And the army wear protective helmets, don't they? So they're all through all, all different areas of society. But a helmet protects your brain and your central nervous system. It con- like Erin was saying, it controls everything. It controls your ability to speak, to think, to move, to breathe. All those involuntary things that we do without really having to think about it. The helmet, a helmet protects your brain so that you can still do all of that. I remember um, as a child, we used to live, some of you will remember, we used to live at um, the bottom of King James's school field. And so the field was flat at the top, and then a huge steep hill down, and then a flat field at the bottom, and then our house. And uh, we used to use the school as a shortcut to town. Big trespassing signs, I have um, confessed. I've given, you know, confessional to God that I used to trespass. It was quicker to get into town, so we used to walk up the field. But I remember one day a friend came to visit us, and he, it was uh, one of my brother's friends. He was a teenager. He cut through the school on his bike. He came down the hill and skidded and came off his bike, and he arrived at our house a few minutes later, covered in mud and with a cycle helmet broken in two. And I remember my brother saying, thank goodness you had your helmet on and that wasn't your head. And then just a few, just five years ago, um, some of you will remember, um, for those of you that don't know, I'll join the dots for you, Wynne that just spoke is my dad. And uh, two weeks before I was due to get married, um, I arrived home to a, a, a weirdly empty house. Like, they were normally home when I got home from work, but they weren't there. And there was... Um, just things not in, quite in place where I thought I don't know, know quite what's gone on here and uh, finally got through to somebody on the phone and he'd been knocked off his bike and the impact was taken by his helmet and if he hadn't have had his helmet on who knows however he was left with a thumping headache yeah after that so the helmet takes the impact but doesn't doesn't mean that you don't get the impact at all, if you get what I mean. So it sort of, it doesn't create this force field around you that means your head is never going to hit anything, your helmet's never going to hit anything, because it will. But it takes the impact and reduces the injury, and it takes away what could have been a catastrophic injury. And that's what our salvation does for us. 
Our salvation doesn't create a force field around us that makes us immune to life. The helmet of salvation sits on our head when we invite it into our lives. It doesn't stop us having to deal with the daily occurrences and the difficulties and the sadness and the heartache and the stress and the worry. And the, it doesn't take away those things, but it lessens the impact. It doesn't make us immune, but it makes us deal with it differently. It gives us a different way of dealing with things. So what about a sword? I meant to bring, for those of you that were here two weeks ago, I bought my shield that said Jesus on it that I was given when I was a kid. I had a sword as well, and on one side it said Jesus, and on the other side it said Lucy. And that was my, my sword when we did uh, the armor of God when I was very little. But a sword, according to Wikipedia, is a bladed weapon intended for slashing or thrusting that is longer than a knife or a dagger, consisting of a long blade attached to a hilt, which I think, somebody will correct me later, is like the bit at the end that protects your hand. Yeah? Yeah, protects your hand. And they, uh, the earliest uh, ones date back to as far as um, 1600 BC. So we're talking a medieval, ancient, pre-Jesus weapon. It's used in biblical times, used in medieval times, used in martial arts, and sadly still used today. We hear about Um, in the news about police raiding homes and finding machetes and finding samurai swords and things like that in people's homes, they are still around. They they do still exist. They're used to to harm. They're used to fight with. They're used to slash and to, to thrust, as it says. But they're also used to protect ourselves. You block the other person. I remember... um, learning to sword fight when I did dance lessons it doesn't add up don't worry you don't have to make it work but I did I had some sword lessons and learned to stage fight when I did dancing it's all choreographed it's all very similar but you block the other person and that's what you do when you're using a sword so it can be used to protect and it can be used to harm so back to our salvation Salvation is admitting that, we were, that we're wrong, that we've got it wrong, that we've sinned, that we've done stuff that displeases God. It's admitting to those things and asking for forgiveness from them. It's about letting God take control and inviting him into every single area in our lives, holding nothing back from him. It's about letting him transform us, to transform us from the inside out to transform our character, our use of language, and our whole life, so that every day we become more and more like Jesus. That's what our salvation is. Jesus died to take away our sins so that we don't have to try and carry them, and we can let them go. So just like the helmet doesn't stop the impact, salvation doesn't protect us from the world. It doesn't protect us from all of those things but it does massively reduce the potentially catastrophic injury. It doesn't make us immune, but really seriously helps us deal with everyday life. For those of us that already have our helmet of salvation in place, it's there, it's sitting on our head. We've, we've asked God into our lives. We've said that prayer at some point in our lives. We believe in a God that saves. We believe in a God that transforms. 
Sometimes it just needs putting back in its rightful place. You might have a slightly wonky helmet of salvation and it just needs propping back, propping back. And that's a daily, for some of us hourly, some of us weekly occurrence that we need to make sure that that's back in its place. And there's a verse in Philippians 2 verse 12 which is helpfully on the same page as the other ones. I don't even need to try and find it. So Philippians 2 verse 12 to 13 says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more so in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Our salvation isn't a stagnant, staid thing. It is a continual process. It is, there is movement in it. There's momentum in it. Because we shouldn't just be saved and that's it. We should be saved and we should be working it out. We should be changing. We should be, it should be noticeably, there should be noticeable changes in our life that other people see. It is not a one-time fix-all, sorted, done, don't have to think about it again. It should be something that we're working out every day. It's not stagnant. It has motion. I don't know about you, but maybe you don't know whether you're wearing your helmet of salvation. You don't know whether you've ever put one on your head. And at the end, I'll give you an opportunity to do something about that. So have a think. Is your helmet of salvation in place, or does it just need a quick putting back in its right place? In Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of the Lord, word word of God, sorry, is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That is this. That is our incredible guidebook that we have to our life. The word comes in many forms. It's all the same content, but it comes in different forms. You might have a black leather-bound one. You might have misplaced a beautiful purple one with green flowers and butterflies on if you have it's at the front you might have an electronic version on your ipad your phone whatever you might have one that could be used as a doorstop or a bookend we've got one that's like this thick that's the study bible so as well as having every verse in the bible it's got a paragraph on every verse in the bible so it's literally like this size and you could do some damage, really could do some damage with that, but not in the way the Bible means. comes in many forms, but it's there to help and guide and to give wisdom, to learn discernment, and to help us to get to know God's voice. You know how you get to know somebody? It's spending time with them. And spending time with God is reading this and knowing his voice. So that when you have to make decisions and when you have to think about things that are going on in your life and really hear the voice of God, you recognize it because you've heard it in here and you've got to know how he sounds through this. You know, I realized I had a problem a few years ago, talking probably about uh, nearly 10 years ago, where um, I, I have to confess, I really, really like the television program Friends. Anybody else? Yeah? Love friends. Love a bit of friends. I realised I had an issue 
when uh, friends would come to me, I may have mentioned this before, just laugh at the end if, if you've already heard it. Uh, but I used to have friends that would come to me and they'd say, you know, they'd, they'd chat about a problem that they had or we'd be discussing something and I'd go, oh, do you know what? It's just like that episode in Friends when Chandler does blah, 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 blah. And I suddenly thought, do you know what? Whoops, I've got this. Wouldn't this be a much better way of advising, guiding friends? Yeah? Than trying to bring an anecdote from a TV program from the 90s. You know? much better and I realized that I needed to get to know this and learn not just learn it so I hear God's voice but learn it so that I can apply it to my own life so that I can apply it to the lives of those people that I meet so that I can encourage so that in some ways you add a little bit of discipline as well and you say look this is what the Bible says about the way you're living or the way you're doing things this is how this is what the Bible says because it's what Jesus did. When you're talking about that temptation in the, in the garden for the 40 days, what did he keep saying? The word of God says. My God says. And that's what we need to do. And to, the only way to do it is to digest this in some way with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because actually, just to read it, it's a pretty good read. It's a bestseller. It's pretty, bits of it are really straightforward to read. You'll run through them. Bits of it are like chewing the stickiest toffee you've ever chewed and trying to swallow it. Or the driest cracker and trying to swallow it. But with the Holy Spirit, it comes alive. And with the Holy Spirit, oh, it just becomes, it highlights everything. And it's your ultimate guidebook to life. You know, we see so many health, self-help books, help self-books, whichever way around you want to do it. see so many of those, but this is the ultimate one for us. So the practicalities of this is get a devotional. Get an app. If you've got the Bible app, I think it's called the Holy Bible app, the brown one, uh, on your phone, there are literally hundreds of devotionals on there for every everything you might be going through, everything you might be dealing with, those of you that have got children starting school this week or going on to the next stage of their education, it's got an app for that. Because, okay, there might not be specific things in here about when Jesus first went off to school and Mary really struggled with it. No, it's not quite like that, but there, are stuff, there is stuff in here that is applicable and applies to, to this stage in life. And the apps and the devotionals are written by some of the most amazing Bible scholars and they're worth getting hold of. You can get paper, if you're not into technology and reading your Bible on your phone, then get hold of some devotionals, um, get online, have a look at them um, and, and order them. Ask somebody's advice. Ask what other people are reading. Challenge them. What are you reading at the moment? What, what devotional are you using that I could get hold of? Um, we had the privilege last weekend of being at the one event and going around the bookshop and the bit we made a beeline for was the devotionals which which new ones can we get who's who's got something new out Um, and it's worth getting hold of those get into a bible study it might not specifically be something we're doing at the moment as a church but there's nothing to stop you gathering with a group of friends opening your bible following a study that you trust why not do it why not start one Take notes in the sermons. 
as we get into the next term, you're going to get longer sermons again instead of these little quick ones. And we're going to be looking at the characters of Genesis. We're going to be looking at them in depth over the next, well, up to December probably, so the next sort of three months. So bring your notebooks, write in your notes section on your phone, read around the verses that we use because we only tend to use tiny snippets of them but there is so much more in them when you read the whole thing don't be afraid to ask for help some of it is hard going some of it is confusing ask for help and invite the holy spirit in to open your eyes your mind and your ears as you read it and read it regularly the end of that verse says to pray the verse in the in, that we've been reading in Ephesians says to pray in the spirit and to pray in the spirit for the saints and we need to be doing that the Bible tells us to do it we need to be doing it we need to be making sure that we give time in our lives to pray for the saints who are the saints? you brothers and sisters people in authority we need to be doing it the Bible also tells us to pray for our leaders That's not just your church leaders, which you should be doing and we should be doing regularly, but it's our political leaders. And you don't have to listen to much news at the moment to realise that it's all complete chaos in the political world. There are major decisions to be made in our country for its future over the next few weeks and months. There are more divisions than there's been in a very, very long time and... The church needs to rise up and it needs to pray for its leaders, for wisdom, for discernment. We need to pray for the Christians that are in Parliament, that they get the boldness to stand up as well. And we have a responsibility to do that. It's in the Bible. It tells us to do it. And praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit reveals things about people that they've not told you, but God knows and he wants you to pray for. And we need to be doing that on a regular basis. I want to give you an opportunity to put your helmet of salvation on. If you don't know if you've put it on, I'm just going to say a really simple prayer. And at the end of the meeting, I'm going to ask that when we start to go for tea and coffee, that there'll be a prayer team in the back corner. And if you've said that prayer this morning for the first time, then to make your way over there. And then I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And we're just going to pray that our helmet of salvation, where it is in place is just properly in place and that God will open our eyes and ears as we read the word so I'm just going to pray this really simple prayer a line at a time repeat it back um, as you feel um, if you feel that this is the right time for you to put this helmet of salvation in place so Father God I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong please forgive me I invite you to come into my heart and every area of my life. Help me to turn away from my sins and become more like Christ. I welcome you into my life this morning. Amen. Amen. If we can have the band back. And the kids maybe want to be finishing up what they're doing. And then if we can all stand, we're just going to pray together. Stand with me. Yeah, Father, we thank you for our salvation. May we never take it for granted, all that you have done before we were born. Right through to the end times, we thank you for everything 
that was and is and is to come. We thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. Help us, Father, to work out our salvation. Help us, Father, to follow what it is that you want us to do, the gifts and the talents that you've put in us. Help us to find a way of using those to share with our brothers and sisters here, but to share with our wider community so that we are working out our salvation and so that we are becoming more and more like you. Help us, Father, to fall in love with your word and the relationship with you that it builds. Father, I pray that you'll open our minds to all the possibilities that there are of ways to read it. Put things in our path, Lord. Guide our internet searches as we search for the right devotional and the right thing that will be the best fit for us to get to know your word. Lord, I pray that you will illuminate your words on the page. That you'll guide us to where it is you want us to read for what is to come in our future or the future of those around us. I pray that you'll give us a boldness to be able to use the Bible to encourage and to enlighten the lives of those around us because of what you say about them and about us and about our salvation. Guide us, Lord. Help us. Bring it to life, Father. Give us a hunger to get deeper into it. And Father, guide our prayers. Help us to find that time, that quiet space to sit. Help us to find that space to sit and sit quiet enough to hear your voice as we pray for our brothers and sisters in this congregation, as we pray for our brothers and sisters across the world, as we pray for our work colleagues and our friends and our teachers and all the people that are around us, Lord, guide us. Open our minds to what it is that you need us to pray for for them. And Lord, guide us how best to pray for our leaders in this country, Lord. The political leaders, the religious leaders. Lord, show us how we are to pray. And we do pray for those that are currently in leadership in this country, Lord. We pray for those particularly that know you. At this busy time, Lord, we pray that they still find that time to just devote themselves to you and to your work. And give them a voice, Lord. Help them to stand up and speak out for what they know is right. According to you and according to your will for this country. And Lord, as the children start back at school this week, Lord, we ask for your blessing over them. We ask for good friends to get around them. We ask for wonderful, encouraging, exciting teachers to get alongside these children. And we pray that each morning they go to school dressed in their armour. Be it that they're just starting primary school or they're a few years into their secondary school or they're preparing to go to university. Lord, I pray that you will go ahead of them, that you'll protect them and bless them. And that you'll 
put the most amazing people around them. And we pray for those teachers as well, Lord, who tomorrow signals a new term. We pray for energy. We pray for good health. And we pray, Lord, that you will help them to have the right words to encourage the children in their care. To see them grow in the years that they're working with them. Lord, we ask for your blessing over this whole church. For those that are here, for those that can't be here for whatever reason this morning. We pray that you will help us to to just keep our salvation in our mind. To keep working it out in whatever way that is. And to fall more and more in love with your word. We ask this in your name and with your blessing. Amen.